Hallelujah. Romans chapter number 12. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Got water? Got my rag? Praise God. I want to say it again. It's good to be here tonight. You good folks that was here on that early morning, you just grin and smile like you ain't never heard this before, okay? Hallelujah to God. Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to make clear this night that maybe this morning, maybe the, the, the way my voice rings that you didn't really hear what I tried to title this. It's not the battle of the mind. It's the battle for the mind. There is a battle of the mind. But I'm talking tonight about the battle for the mind. Amen. I'm telling you good and evils contending for it. Light and darkness desires your mind. If that devil can get in your head, he'll change your world. Brother and sister, I want you to raise your hand this way. Pray with me and pray for me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you to anoint the house, anoint the word of God, anoint the ears to hear. We give you the praise and the glory, asking you, God, to do mighty things here. Loose those that's bound. I pray, release those locked up in their mind. The devil's held them captive. We give you glory and praise that you'd anoint us to speak thy word. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody would say amen and amen. The high ground, as I said this morning, I ain't going to say that no more, but the high ground of battle is where the fight is always going to be won. It's there. Amen. If you can get to the high ground, that's always the strategy of warfare. If a man, that battlefield, that war, or that battalion, can hit the high ground, they're hard to overtake. There's, there's some history called Hamburger Hill. They fought. Many many men's lives were taken. Lots of blood was shed trying to get to the top of that hill. We look back in the early wars where they tried to scale the high walls. Amen coming in on Normandy and they and they fought. Some of them knew when they unloaded off those boats, they'd never see the next day. But they unloaded because their minds was made up for a country. They didn't care. Amen. I, I say they didn't care. They, they didn't mind the consequences of all that was before them, but they charged those beaches. Amen. And charged the enemy because their mind was made up. Brother, sister, if our minds ain't made up, then the devil will make quick work of us. But if we got our minds made up and we attain the high ground where the fight is always won and the high ground of the battle of man is always the mind. That's where it's always at. The high ground of the battle of, the, of mankind, of the born-again believer, is always the mind. It's the strategic 
position to defeat man is the mind. Through the mind, everything becomes accessible. I said earlier, amen, it's not that you cheat, steal, amen, and do murder, amen. That's all byproducts of what the mind is. It's when the devil gets in there, amen, and know this one thing, amen, gives the Christian great advantage over the enemy. I didn't come to, amen, to discourage you. I come to help you tonight because hell wants in your head. Hell wants in your mind. It wants to order your steps, order your directions, order everything about your life. Before that hand ever grabs, before that eye ever looks, before that mouth ever speaks, it comes through the mind first. And hell wants to have it. But I got good news for you. Heaven's wanting it also. And heaven's made a way that you and I, amen, we don't have to be conformed to the world. We can be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Hallelujah. It is in we better understand the attacks that we are facing on a daily basis. Amen. 20 years, 21 in September, been pastor to church, long ways from here. Like to pack you in my suitcase, take you with me. Amen. But a long ways from here. But every day, every minute, I've been pastoring. Amen. There wasn't a week. I'm down here. I promise you that phone will ring in Florida as well as it will in Arkansas. Amen. Pastoring all of that time. Amen. But the mind has always been in a battle. You don't, you don't graduate. You don't move beyond to a place that the devil don't try to get in your head. A good sister asked me this morning, amen, me and her know it only, says she's been having thoughts, dreams sometimes that she's not pleased with. I said, there's one thing you can know. Every human being deals with that. There's things that come through the, through the ear gate, the eye gate, amen, through the counsel of the mind and tries to corrupt the good manners of God, corrupt the good, good word of God in your spirit. And what you gotta do, friend, is just stand there and rebuke that evil thought. Don't entertain it. Don't throw out the welcome wagon. Don't give it avenue to operate in your life. But just know, amen, greater is the one that lives in me that lives in that world. And our mind is affected. Our whole body then becomes affected. Amen. When the head gets sick, that whole body is sick. This head hurts. I hurt. When I got a headache, all of me hurt. Much of what's wrong with our nation is the heads got sick. Amen. The problems going on in society. Amen. We've allowed things go on. The generation before us wouldn't have never allowed. But the church went to sleep, got used to the darkness. Amen. Settled down on the curve. Amen. It said two weeks turned into a year. Some of them still ain't back in church yet. But Thanks be to God that they're having church down here in GLCC. I'm glad they are having church in a high school. Are you kidding me? I was about to bust, woman. I mean, I sat back there. I was about to bust. All I knew of a gymnasium, a ball under my arm coming under that goal, playing a game. Amen. Seen a pulpit set up there at half court. Amen. Seen kids testifying, singing about God. Heard teachers saying principles. Amen. Exhort. Amen. My heart was about to bust. Amen. Let it happen everywhere. Amen. We've settled back on our leaves. We've got comfortable with what we're doing. Amen. We've let the devil take the high land. And I can tell you, you and I, brother, there's a God in this house tonight that we 
that can take back the high ground, amen, and attain the battlefield again. Hallelujah. Amen. The brain controls the whole body. And when it is stopped, the whole body stops, as does the mind. When the mind is defeated, the whole life, the life in whole is defeated. I mean, you won't. Your life in shambles. Just let your mind get in shambles. Listen, folks, you say, that won't happen to me. That's not going to happen to me. Great preacher, mentor of mine said he went to a man's house one time. He's dying. He's in ass to come. Went over there. It wasn't a house. It was a little trailer, travel trailer. He went in there. Man said, oh, just come and get in the, I, I'm too sick. I, don't, I, I ain't got any interest in listening to you. Don't, don't want to hear it today. Come back tomorrow. That man right there, that moment, as the Holy Ghost said a while ago, don't you play around games with God. Amen. He's not an old man in heaven, don't know what's going on. He's not grandpa. I'm telling you, he's God Almighty. Amen. And that man said, you come back tomorrow, and I'll hear you then. He said, when he come to the door, door was open, old man sitting in there eating grapes. Amen. As soon as he walked in, he began to curse him, call him vile names. He said, when that, that day before, when he walked out, hell walked in. When that man, that man changed his mind. Amen. I'm telling you, they are ready to occupy it. Amen. And you and I, it don't matter where you're at. Preach down here in camp meeting. Whether you're elementary or you're elevated, I'm telling you, hell wants in your life. The devil's not going to back off of you because you got a degree, because you got a doctrine. I'm telling you, he wants to possess your life. And thanks be to God, as I said a while ago, it's not just the devil wanting it. God wants that mind. The text in Romans 12 I'm trying to hurry. I know there's a baptizing coming on here. But Romans 12 suggests a struggle. And that struggle is between the conforming to the world or the proving of God's perfect will. That's the struggle. Be not conformed. The apostle says, I beseech you, I plead with you. I plead with you by the mercies of God. I'm telling you, there's an urgency. And preacher, you learn, you lose the urgency of the message. You've lost the message. But when Paul preached, he had an urgency. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, he lays out as a place and position that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in God. And he said, that's a reasonable service that that he calls us to do. God's not a hard God. He's not a hard taskmaster. Him and I'm telling you, that's hell. That's the devil. When I was lost, him and it was a real joy, him and to come in, bumped and bruised with head sore, wake up the next morning, wonder what happened, him and what, what took place, all of that world, and all along the or, or the, the devil was telling me, oh, you're living good. This is a good, this is a high life. Amen. Praying as a heathen. Got an experience with God when I was very young, backslid. There's very few nights that I did not kneel by my bed and ask God, oh, don't come tonight. I'm not ready. Don't come tonight. 
I was playing games. I could be in hell right here tonight. Amen, I was swinging over hell with a rotten rope. Amen, putting God off, putting God off, putting God off. But by his grace and mercy, I am what I am today. Amen, it's nothing about me. Said this morning, what you see good in me, that's him. Amen, that's Jesus. What I see good about you, that's Jesus in you. This point of age, God is not using angels. That will come. In the seven-year tribulation period. But he does use born-again believers, amen, to take this gospel down the road. This is why there is such the battle for the mind. It's not a battle of the mind we're talking about tonight. It's a battle for the mind. Trying to control the mind. And this is why it is so important that we stay our mind stayed on God. We're in a world, when I was a kid, talked about TV this morning, when, when, when we, we look at what, what Pentecost early was, what nobody saved. Everybody's lost. I honestly thought as a young Christian, I thought, my, my God ain't nobody going to make it but him. That's the only guy going to make it. Only hope I got to stay close, catch an ankle as he's going out. Yeah, man. They used to say that television. I know the I know the devil's in that house. I saw his tail sticking out the roof. <laughs> and I was one of those out there, and I come from. Uh, I, I'm country's cornbread. If you ain't already noticed, <laughs> we we had that three man television set up. There was one man looking at the TV, one man at the door screaming, and one man turning the antenna. Turn it a little bit more. No, go back. Stupid, turn back the other way. Amen. Turn it back the other way. And we've seen how things have changed in our day, friend. Amen. Now we got 250 channels, and you can't even make up your mind on which one you want to watch. I had three, and one of them was fuzzy. Amen. There wasn't much in those days, but brother, sister, hell still desires the mind as it did then. It does today. I say that saying, have you ever changed your mind? And I say an answer for you, yes, you have. In the Pentecostal ranks. Amen. Whether good, bad, right, wrong. Not going to debate it, but to illustrate that they've been a mind change. In our ranks, in the Pentecostal ranks. Amen. I'm not talking about down in this and down in that. Amen. I know there's been so much, amen, beat up, knock out. Amen. We've come, come in battered and bruised, go to church, feel like to get beat up. I'm not doing that tonight. Not trying to do that. But Satan is working with great success, informing masses to the world mindset. Come on here. Amen. I said Satan is working with great success, changing the mind of the masses of our country. Our country. 
that Western civilization, that's why that Muslim world hates us to some degree, amen, because of the Western civilization creeped over the seas, amen. Won't get into the rest of it, but worldwide, one year, fear has caused the earth, amen, and covered it like a blanket as we let the line newscast tell us, amen, just flatten the curve. As I said a while ago, two weeks turned into a year, and they ain't backing up and backing off. But thanks be to God that somebody said, open the church. Amen. We got to have the church. I'm not a non-essential. I'm an essential. Amen. To humanity. Much of the world's voice has been from the platform of fear and unbelief because they don't know anything else. Amen. They don't know what to do, but we know what to do. We got God's word. We don't wake up in the morning. Guess what God's wanting? He come here tonight. I've used this. Teacher taught me this. My teacher taught me this. Amen. He said if Jesus walked in here tonight, somebody said, Lord, what, 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 what does this mean? What, what, what about this? He said, you find that over in the book of Matthew chapter 8 and verse 13. Amen. Well, what about this, Lord? What I need to know about, he said, you'll find that over there in John. Amen. We don't wake up in the morning and want to know what God wants. Amen. I know what he wants. He wants this word. He wants the word of God flowing through my life. I'm not in an eclipse. I'm not, a, I'm not guessing my way through it. I've got the governed word of God showing me every step to put down. Amen. Yeah, I got to hurry. God says you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind because every last one of us fight fear and unbelief. Amen. We might as well admit it. We fight fear and unbelief. I said to church at home several times, I don't know what I'd do. We've taken some measures and lunatic coming here with a gun. I suppose I'm his target anyway. Amen. I hope that I wouldn't run out the side door. I hope I'm not a coward. I ain't never lived that before. I ain't never dealt with that. So I pray I'm not a coward. I'm not fool enough to say I'll jump up and one, two, put the high kung karate upon him. Amen. I'm not fool enough to say such as that because I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. But I sure hope that I wouldn't be a coward. Amen. If somebody come in to try to disturb the house. Amen. And do harm to the body of Christ. I pray that I wouldn't. But I don't know. And I'm telling you, fear and unbelief taunts and haunts every last one of us. Amen. It comes in different forms and fashions. It tries to control that mind. It tries to possess that. I've watched people that was out for months come back to church. Amen. They're just like they're scared to death to be in the house of God come in like a deer scared in the headlights and then I'd watch I'd watch that life with my own eyes I watched people that was afraid to get out afraid that the church was going to contaminate them oh, you can't catch COVID in Walmarts you can't get it down at Lowe's but mom and pop stores had to shut them down. Little business had to shut them down. 
And church especially, something about that church. I mean, it's just about how they huff and puff, try to blow the house down. They got COVID blowing somewhere in there. But brother, sister, you're not a non-essential. Amen. The word of God declares, amen, in Hebrews chapter 10, 25, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But even more so as you see the day approaching, Amen, I'm not a lunatic, I'm not a fool. I just believe what God said. We'll either believe the book or we won't believe the book. Because if we don't believe it now, something bigger coming down the road. And if you can't run with the soldiers, you never keep up with the horses. Brother, sister, just believe God. Be transformed. And the phenomenon takes place by the renewing of your mind. How? First thing, take knowledge that God didn't do it. God didn't put the fear in your mind. God's not the author of confusion. Man's confused. He didn't get it from God. If he's mixed, mixed up, messed up, God didn't do that to him. Him and that, that, is, a, that, that is a side product of what hell produces. Amen, that was a gift of the world. Amen, that's under the domain of Satan himself. But this is how God operates to renew your mind. He gives you power. He gives you love. He gives you a sound mind. You folks got up this morning. and You know, I, I have to check myself. I get up in the morning. If I'm in my right mind. Because something about it, you're the last one to know. So if I get up in my, wondering if I'm in my right mind on a Sunday, I'm going to get this hide ready for church. And I'm going to go to the house of God because that's the only right mind on this earth right now. Amen. Amen. I don't. I may. I may go crazy tomorrow. You may have to lead me around by the hand. But this morning I got up. Amen. Real, real early. But I got to bed real, real late. So I thought I might as well get up real, real early. Amen. And just meet God. Amen. And get ready to go to the house of God. And I discovered I'm in my right mind. I love God today. I praise God today. I worship God today. I want to know more about God today because His mind controls my mind. Paul said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Simon Peter said, gird up the loins of your mind. Guard it. Protect it. Football player play football without a helmet be unwise. Be very, very, very unwise. Butt heads with another helmet. Simon Peter said, gird up the loins of your mind. Protect it. Guard your thoughts. Don't even pretend you've not been going through uncertainties and fears. Just be honest with yourself because if you will, Jesus will help us today. If we'll be sincere with him, if we've got that macho attitude, ain't nobody going to help me. I'm going to work this out on my own. You can't work it out on your own. If you and I could have worked it out on our own, God would have never sent his son. If me and you could have worked this thing out, I'm 
telling you, Jesus had never come to do it. But he did come to do it. Amen. And he died. Amen. Give that life between heaven and earth. He said, it is finished. Brother, I found, can I add this? I found over there in the gospels that John, Simon Peter run to that to that empty tomb when they found they heard the news. They got over there. I believe it's the book of John. Him and one of them outrun the other. John come in there and the Bible said he believed. When he saw the napkin laid by itself, he believed. Well, that seemed like a strange thing. But in Jewish customs, if somebody knocked on your door and you're in the middle of a dinner. And John's right there in the middle of that lamb and rice. And he just thinks I'm done with it. He'll wad that that cloth, that head cloth up. He'll throw it in the middle of that dish. So that woman or whoever the man comes by and sees that 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 head cloth's in the dish knows he's done with it. It's done. He can take it away. Jesus didn't do that. Because Jewish custom, if you would fold that napkin up, just proper, and you'd put it beside your plate when they come by to get it. They'd know, hey, he's not finished here. He's coming back. And Jesus said there in that empty tomb, I'm not finished. I'm about to come back. On the cross, he said, it is finished. But in the tomb, he said, I'm not. I will be back to gather my people. Isaiah 26 and 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. We said this morning, if we read that to ourselves, just read it. I don't do that often, but right here it so is applicable. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. If you would say, I want you to say with me, you will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God amen because he trusteth in God the reason I can't watch a lot of racket on television reason I'm not going to sit down at the table of compromise not going to sit there and listen to unbelief is because it starts messing up my mind it starts getting in my head. And brother, I'm, I can get as carnal as the rest of them sitting at the table if I partake of that food very long. I said this morning, they'll start saying it's bad and I'll start believing them. They'll say it's over with, I'll start believing them. I think there ain't no hope for the church. The church is over. Amen, ain't no way the church going to be able to open up. And I'll start believing those kind of lies. But if I get around some people... Believe God. I'll get around somebody that just trusts God, knows God, amen, walks with God, and they begin to talk about the eternal things of God. My soul gets lifted up, my mind gets right, and my actions change because I have to keep my mind stayed on the Lord. You're saying here tonight, I don't know. Brother Mike, I just don't know. All that we're going through has messed me up. It's messed me up. I'm confused. I'm fighting depression pretty much every day. See, it's real easy to get depressed. 
And you don't think preachers ever get, pastors ever get depressed. It's real easy to get depressed. Just let that mind start thinking on thoughts that's not of God. Because you know why? Because God ain't depressed. God's not in heaven wondering what he's going to do. He's got it all figured out. He's not wondering what he's going to do with the devil. He knows what he's going to do with the devil. He'll throw him in the lake of fire in just a little while. He's going to be done with him. Amen. I'm saying to you, if this don't make any sense in this life, what's going on right now, and you're hearing information in every direction, if you will come, we done been around this altar. I told my wife coming down here, I said they have more, more church before church than most church have the whole church. And I done know you done been around these altars. But you ain't going to wear them out. You sure ain't going to wear God out because he loves us to be there. And you'll come this night surrendering your personal agenda, the personal diagnosis of how you've scoped this all out, laid all this out, and just come totally submitting and surrendering to Jesus. You know what? He will accept you just like you are. I love this scripture. Sis, can you put up 2 Corinthians 8 and 12? I shared this after service this morning. This is so beautiful because, as I said, Jesus will accept you as you are. You may not don't have to go get a life fixed. You can't. If you could have, you'd already had it fixed. So you can't fix your life, nor can I. But if you'll come, he will accept you just as you are. He'll accept just what you have. And he'll accept just what you know. You don't have to know the whole Bible. When I got saved, I honestly tell it. It's embarrassing. I tell it anyway. They would talk about Job. And I said, well, that crazy idiot's calling Job Job. I read, I read the second and the third Gospels. I'm thinking, I done read this. <laughs> I was ignorant. But you know what? He took me just as I was and, get, had, and accepted me just as I had. And it just as I knew, I didn't know a lot. I'm telling you, but he still embraced this wicked wretch of a life. And he turned everything when I gave him my mind. There first be a willing mind. If there first be a willing mind, God's word says it is accepted. According to that a man hath... And not according that he hath not. It's not what you hath not. Or what you hath. God accepts you with what you have. And in you, and me, and every other human being. Is the power of the yielding of that mind. To one way. Or the other. The power God gives to you to yield that mind 
whichever way you want it to go. He gives you that power. And Paul said, be not conformed to the world. Don't go that way. He said, I beseech you by the mercies of God. I plead with you. I plead excessively with you. Don't go the way of the conforming of the world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you become the proving ground to the world. God uses you as the illustration to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen. And as I close, they're probably getting ready here shortly for this baptizing. I told the story this morning of a great preacher. Heard when I was just a kid starting out. It's third in my life. Great preacher by the name of Maze Jackson. Anybody ever here tonight ever heard of Maze Jackson? He preached a message. When God sets your barley field on fire. And he used for a text. Where that Absalom called for Joab to come. He wanted a meeting with his father. He wanted to go to the king. Bid him to the king. And Joab wouldn't come. He ignored him. So he bid him again. And Joab ignored him. And the third time Absalom said to his servants, go set his barley field on fire. That barley field was dear to Joab. He sat out on the porch. Some of you can imagine going by those fields with the tall grass. It just looks like it's dancing out there with the wind. See, if man won't praise God, barley will. Just out there waving, praising God. Oh, Joab said out there, cool of the day, sipping on lemonade and tea. They had it back then, you know. <laughs> he watched that barley. That field was precious to him. It's dear to his heart. Preach that message. You play around with God. You mess with him. You reject him. I heard an interpretation a while ago. Serious talk. You reject him. Because he loves you. Not because he wants to smash you to powder. But because he loves you. He has set your barley field on fire. There was a... uh, Name was Alice, but Glenn and talked about her. She was one of the first in Texas, I think, setting up a church and said that God was calling her to preach. and She's declining it, backpedaling. I did that for about a year and a half. Took my life in my hands, wrestling, debating with God. And she said every time she'd hear the voice of God, Alice! Preach the word. She'd say, oh God, go down the road and get the Mr. Brown. He ain't got no kids. I've got all these kids. How can I do anything like that? And one day she's down on the floor scrubbing. And she heard God say, Alice, are them kids a problem to you? 
She said, no, Lord. I'll do what you called me to do. And old Mays preached that message when God set your barley field on fire. And a man by the, well, let's just call him, let's just call him Joe. Him and heard that message, was friends with Jackson. And he met him on the street one day. And he said, well, Joe, you're still going to church up there. No, no. I got mad. They had that Sunday school lesson. Got mad at him. I pulled out. I quit. I ain't going back. Had it. I ain't going back. He said, God, I set your barley field on fire. I don't care, Maze. I ain't going back. And one night in a hotel where that evangelist was in a, in a different town, somehow Joe found him. And the phone rang, and Joe was hysterical. He said, what's wrong? He said, Maze, God burnt my barley field. He set my barley field on fire. He said, what happened? He said, well, my little boy come up to me. I was sitting on the porch reading the paper, getting ready for work, work the night shift. And the little boy said, Dad, will you go to church with me this Sunday? I can't imagine. I've watched people drop kids off. I've watched other people pick them up. I've watched some say, oh, they ain't going over there. I thought, you mean you don't want it, and you're going to resist your kids? You're going to risk them letting the world raise them up? Brother, I'm not going to leave that to chance. No, no. And that little boy said, Dad, will you go to church with me this Sunday? And he pulled that paper down and stuck his finger at the end of that little boy's nose. And he said, Son, I'll put shoes on your feet, clothes on your back, food in your mouth, and don't you ever ask me to go to church again. He said, Maze, I pulled that paper back up on my face. And in a little while, I heard an 18-wheeler start locking it up and screeching. I pulled that paper down just at the time that truck hit my little boy because that ball bouncing out in the road, and he went to get it. He said, I run as hard as I could run and grabbed him up in that ditch, and he's, he said, Maze, he's a mess. He said, Maze, he's drowning in his blood. And I said, Son, is there anything? Daddy can do for you. His last words, he said, Dad, will you go to church with me this Sunday? And after the funeral, Jackson did the funeral, and then he missed Dad. They began to wonder, and the wife said, Well, he may be back out at the cemetery. So they all drove out there. And when they got there on that fresh soil, my God, this is as real to me as I said it ever. They said he kneeled down on that fresh dirt, had that Bible opened up, and as they walked up, they heard him say, where he leads, there will I follow. And brother, sister, I'm coming to you to tell you, let your minds be stayed on God. Don't you chance it. Don't you let that world conform you. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that she may prove
God's going to use you, Brian. He's going to use you, Ryan. You're the proven ground. The proven ground. Amen. God's got his investment in you to prove to this world what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Would you stand together tonight? Father, in the name of Jesus. God done put his finger on somebody or somebody's here tonight. You're going to risk it. You're going to climb in that 3,500-pound bullet right home. 12 inches from another 3,500-pound bullet. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm beyond that. I ain't interested in it. I ain't interested in playing no games. I ain't trying to come and give you my pedigree. I'm going to try to give you my experience. It's very little. I'm telling you, God's dealing with somebody because he changed course too much today. He's changed the course of the ship way too many times today. And you think, I, I just accidentally popped in here. No, I'm telling you, God ordained your steps that he could get you right here. Now, what are you going to do with it? You're going to pack up the lunch and go to the house, or are you going to come find him? You're going to come find him. Because he's got his arms stretched out. He's looking for the prodigal son tonight. You ever wonder why that father saw that son? You ever wonder why the Bible said he saw him coming and he went running to him and found and embraced him? Because he was looking every night. And one evening, about time to go in for the final look, he went went around the corner of the house about to go inside. And he saw over the crest of that hill a silhouette. And it's the silhouette of that son. He had been looking a long time, but he found him. And he went and found and embraced him. He didn't say, you got to do this, you got to do that. He said, put a robe on him. Put shoes on him. They ain't no slave now. Put a ring on him. That's the authority of the father. You know what he said? Then he said, kill the fatted calf. Oh, my eyes bouncing around one night. About half out of my mind, I guess. Screaming in a microphone. And I just blurted out. That calf wasn't getting fat. It's fatted. Why did the word of God declare it wasn't a fat calf? It was a fat tin. I don't suppose that means extra fat. But I suppose that means that the father had been fattening him. Pouring the grain. Son is coming home. I'm pouring the grain. This is a calf that's going to 
going to be fat by the time he gets here. And brother, sister, I'm telling you, God the Father's looking for some of you to come around the corner, over the hill. He doesn't see your silhouette coming. Will you come? Glory, glory. Come on, come on, come on. Come on now, don't mess around. Come on. Come on. Tell him, what are you going to do? You going to let the world conform you? Or are you going to let God transform you? Come on now. Come on. This is too important a business. Some of you are saying, I've got an educated mind. I'm telling you, the devil just soon get in the educated mind and see what an ignorant mind. I'm too educated to bow down in an altar. Oh, no, I'm telling you, hell will take it. Hell will receive that as offerings. Hell will receive that as sacrifice and praise. Just turn around from Jesus one more time, and the devil will receive it as praise. But if you'll come to him, if you'll come to him, the bravest thing, the greatest thing I've ever done. And it's sure enough, the bravest thing I've ever done is when I stepped out of a seat and I carried my, my wretched life to an altar. My, my. But what about a renewing? Amen. What about a renewing? You know, I, I, I have to have more of Jesus every day. Because this world just sucks the life out of me. So I'm just, I'm just want to compare you one more time. You may be a born-again servant of the Lord. There's been many times when I was pastoring, go to another church. You know, people's always afraid you're trying to take over, so I was very reluctant. And so many times I, I, I didn't go to the altar because I thought, you know, I do that all the time. So see, you never outgrow the altar. I'm telling you, they're coming. Why don't you just come amongst them? Why don't you just come on down amongst them? Oh, feel the water tonight. Amen, feel the water. Taste the new wine tonight. Let him fill your cup. Let it runneth over tonight. Come on, come on. Come on now. Don't argue. Don't think about it. I'm telling you, just react. Amen. Principal, Miss Principal, I want you to come. I want to pray for you, please, if I could. Your husband, please, sir. My, 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 my. Are there any other teachers in this community here? Praise God. 